please be seated. It's nothing new to talk about journeys as a metaphor for life. As people take to the road or to the air, they find that some of the most significant things in their lives will occur to them on the way. Out there, there are choices to be made. There are flat tires and daring rescues. There are hellos and goodbyes. There are closed doors and opened windows. There are strangers and there are friends. In short, journeys are about drama. They are about the big changes in our lives that help to form who we are. Like I said, this is nothing new. Like a modern screenwriter, the 2,000-year-old author of our gospel today has employed the same literary technique to tell us something about the path laid out for those who will follow Jesus. As the scene is set, we find that Jesus is on a journey. But he's not just out wandering. In fact, the gospel tells us that he is on his way to Jerusalem. Is this just a simple geographical marker? I think not. As readers now, we know just as the readers did then what happens in Jerusalem. Jesus is not just on his way to the big city. He is on his way to the cross. Each event that occurs on this particular journey is an event that occurs in the very shadow of the world's salvation. And it is out here that Jesus meets the ten lepers. They are outsiders, strangers, cast out from society and forced to live away even from their own families. They call out to Jesus for alms, but instead of alms, he sends them on their own journey, telling them to go to the priests for examination. It seems like a strange order here. They asked for a little bit of mercy, and they've gotten something different than what they anticipated. Because Jesus' directive to them implies that the priests may be able to restore them to the community. Dare they hope? Without understanding, they set off down the road. On the way, out there, on this journey, the drama unfolds. They begin to discover that they have been healed. Now here we have to employ our imaginations, but I think it must have been an exciting moment. Healing not only meant freedom from pain and disease, but also renewed life in their community. Being able to be with their family again. Being able to work again. Being able to worship again. Seeing that they are healed, they now understand that they must get to the priest so that they may start life anew. And so for nine of them, the journey turns into a breakneck race. Like Forrest Gump, nine of them run to follow Jesus' instructions. Run, Forrest, run. Nine of them run to do exactly what Jesus told them to do, and they don't pause to look back. But what of the tenth? Finding himself healed like the others, the tenth man doesn't race to the temple, but instead he turns back. I don't 
imagine even for a moment that the other nine were ungrateful. In fact, I can sort of hear them reciting, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, under their quickened breath. But the tenth man sees things a little bit differently. He not only sees that Jesus has gifted them with a tremendous favor, he also sees that God, that God has reached out to him and that even more is offered. Here, the leper encounters one of those dramatic life choices. Behind door number one, he can take the gift as it is, restoring his life to its pre-illness condition. Or, behind door number two, he can take a chance and go back for more. Yes, he goes back to say thank you, but perhaps even more significantly, he goes back to seek out a relationship with the one who healed him, with Jesus himself. By seeking out Jesus, responding to the gift, he chooses not just to be restored, but to be transformed. And so in the middle of his journey, he turns around, and in the process, he becomes not only a member of the community, but a member of the kingdom. Too often, I think, we simplify this story from the gospel into a lesson about good manners. As a mother, when my children were toddlers, I found myself routinely saying those words that I'm sure parents for generations have recited to their children. Now, what do you say? (laughs) We train our children at a young age that expressions of gratitude are a social obligation. I fear that's a mistake, or at least that it's not enough. Gratitude is important. Gratitude helps us to recognize the role that others play in our life and develop a sense of relationship and community. And in turn, gratitude helps us to see how we might positively impact the lives of those around us. These are all good and godly values. But they are also values that won't cause us to slow our pace very much at all. We can show this kind of gratitude and just keep going and going and going like Forrest Gump running for years on end. But this story out of the gospel is about much more than good manners. The kind of gratitude expressed by the tenth leper was not obligatory. Rather, it was an expression of his conversion. He had quite literally turned his path around to meet Jesus. For through his healing, he became a witness to God's saving purpose to restore all the world to the love of our creator. And in experiencing God's love in his own life, he realized God's love for the whole world. And that is something for which to be truly grateful. And that's the kind of gratitude that can change your life. 
As I said in the beginning, it's really nothing new to talk about journeys as a metaphor for life. What do we do in this life that doesn't involve movement and change? The life of faith is the same way. The journey of faith is one that will sometimes take us to unexpected places where we will meet unexpected challenges. And we will also encounter God. And we will find that we have choices. Behind door number one is the pathway of the nine lepers. We can receive God's blessing, say thank you, and keep on going. Our lives a little bit improved maybe, but fundamentally unchanged. Or behind door number two is the pathway of the tenth leper. When he encountered God, he made a choice to change his path. He turned around expressing his gratitude by seeking out a true relationship with his Savior and giving praise, genuine praise to God. In doing so, he found so much more than healing. At the end of our story, the journey goes on. Jesus will go on toward Jerusalem and toward the cross. But before he goes, he also sends this man back to the road, saying, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Who knows where he went from there? But I'm confident that he walked with a new stride, equipped for the road by his faithful relationship with God and not, even for a moment, alone on his journey. On this day of Thanksgiving, we have a choice, just as we have every day. We can say the obligatory thank yous for Turkey and for family, or we can recognize the greater blessing that is offered to us and express our gratitude by changing our path and going to meet Jesus. And we can be thankful, too, that as we are sent on our way, we will know that we travel in great company. Amen.